Grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The date was circled in red on the calendar that hung on the fridge. Everyone in the family was aware of the big trip. But there seemed to be too many empty spaces on the calendar before that red circle. A red X marked the passing of days past. But before an X could be placed on today's date on the calendar, Mom read over a list of things that the family had yet to do. Get passports. Get your shots or immunizations. Buy new luggage. Pack. Confirm travel details to and from the airports. Confirm dog sitters. And the list went on and on and on. As mom read the list, the rest of the family nodded their heads in agreement. There was work that needed to be done. Each one member of the family had their role to play. They had their responsibilities, and they were generally glad to take care of them as they were making preparations for the big trip. Except for the oldest son. He knew about the trip. He had the visual reminder of the date that was circled in red each time he opened up the refrigerator for a late-night snack. Yet even still, he figured that it didn't matter much if he didn't take care of the things that he was responsible for. He kind of figured that he'd still just go on the trip anyway. Mom and Dad wouldn't leave their kid behind, would they? So while the rest of the family got ready, looking forward to the day of the big trip, the oldest son just kind of went about things and did his own thing. The days on the calendar were marked with an X. One by one, those blank spaces in between grew smaller and smaller. When the day finally came, what do you suppose happened? Did he go on the trip with his family, or did he stay behind? Would you blame his parents if they left their son? Would you say that they were too harsh if they left him? Or would you criticize them for being too permissive, too lenient if they took him? One thing that can be said is that the son knew about the trip. He, along with everyone else in the family, was reminded daily that the day was coming and reminded daily of what needed to be done. But in light of that knowledge, how did the son live? As we come to the end of the church year, our attention is drawn to the last day or the day of the Lord. These themes came up last week, and they do so again today. Here's the thing, though. Through the Scriptures... God is calling us to remember that there is a day circled in red on the calendar. Now, we don't know what day that is. Unlike the family with the trip planned, we don't have access to God's calendar. Only the Father knows the day and the hour. We're not without excuse. He does tell us that it's coming. So as sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father... The question for us to consider today is, well, how then should we live? In light of Jesus' coming and glory on the last day, how is it that we should live? 
That's the focus of Jesus' parable about the man who is going on a journey. He is entrusting his property to his servants, and then he left. Well, of course, that implies that the master, the owner of the property, is going to come back from his journey. But knowing that, what did each of the servants do? Well, the one who had the five talents and the two talents used the time that the master was away to invest what he had given them. And each of them doubled what, they had, what had first been entrusted to them. But not the third servant. The third servant buried it, living in fear of the day of the master's return. The first two trusted that their master was good and gracious, but, but not the third servant. Listen to the way he responds to the master who comes back and settles accounts. Master, I knew you to be a hard man, so I was afraid and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what's yours. How did the master reply? You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sowed and gather where I sowed no seed. You knew... And you did nothing. You knew. And yet you lived like it didn't matter. You knew I would come back and settle accounts, and you chose to do your own thing. Now suffer the consequences. Your talent is taken from you, given to another, and you are tossed out into the place where there is weeping and there is gnashing of teeth. How should that third servant of the master have lived? Well, clearly and obviously, Jesus wants us to draw the conclusion that we're supposed to live like the first two servants, trusting in the goodness and the graciousness of the master who first entrusted them with his own property, putting to work what he's been entrusted with, uh, putting to work what has been entrusted to them for the glory of their master living joyfully, knowing that they are servants of a good and gracious master. The third servant lived unfaithfully. The first two servants lived faithfully. How then shall you live? From this parable, Jesus is showing himself to be that good and gracious master. He is the one who, who suffered and died on the cross to pay the debt of our sin. He is the one who rose to life so that you and I can experience and enjoy his forgiveness. In baptism and through faith, he calls you and I to be his servants. And while our Lord has bodily ascended into heaven, he has entrusted his church, that means you and I, with the riches of his kingdom. We know Jesus will come again in glory on the last day, whenever that day may come, because our Lord has so promised. So how then shall we live? Well, in short, faithfully. So that when the master comes, our conversation with the master settling accounts might sound something like this. Lord, you have entrusted me with, with, with all these things, and I have gained this much. 
But look, I know there was so much more that I could have done. And the master looks at us and replies, yes, I am well aware that there was more that you could have done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Or Lord, you entrusted this to me and I have gained an additional amount, but, but I was timid too often. I failed to take advantage of all the opportunities that you presented me with. And the master replies, yes, I recall every detail of all the times when you were a coward. Yet well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. See, here's the thing. It's not about living perfectly. It's about living in light of the one who has lived perfectly for you and for me. Living in trust and in faith to him. It's not about the size of the gift. It's about using what the Lord has entrusted to you faithfully. Serving others with the gifts. St. Paul takes this up as well as he writes about the last day. He reminds Christ's church what, that they're already in the know. They already know that the Lord will come again. The Father knows the day and the hour, and that's it. When it comes, it will come all at once, like a thief in the night. But the baptized aren't to be surprised at this. In fact, the baptized anticipate this. They look forward to this because this is what our Lord and Savior has promised and revealed. We are in the know. So how then shall we live? Paul reminds us that Paul reminds us of who we are in Christ Jesus. He says, "You're children of light, children of the day." And he's only echoing what Jesus himself said when he said, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Paul goes on to say, let us be sober having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation. See, Paul is reminding us of who we are as Christ's people. We are the baptized, set free from slavery to sin and death and united to Christ Jesus by faith. We, with Paul and all the saints who have gone before us, are fellow servants of the Lord. We have been fitted with the full army of God in our baptism to stand against the devil's schemes. We're the ones who live in faith to God and with our hearts, our minds, and our bodies live in loving service for others. We are the ones who do not try to hide the darkness of our sin, but who confess it and expose it to the light of Christ's forgiveness. We are the ones whose hearts have been made clean and whose lips are loosed to proclaim the one who sets us free to be his people. We are the living ones who, though die, live because of the living one into whom we have been baptized. 
in light of all of this, then how shall we live? We'll live as the baptized children of God. For you have been given every good gift from the Lord. As Luther says, eyes and ears, nose and all of your senses, house, home, husband and wife, children, work, rest, time, talents, treasures, on top of all that, you have been given the riches of heaven, for you have, had, you have been given the forgiveness of your sins, life, and salvation on account of Christ. Use every gift entrusted to you by your Lord for the care of your neighbor. Starting with your families, extending to your congregation, and going beyond these walls into our community. Use the gifts entrusted to you for their sake. Knowing and trusting that our Lord and Master will come soon. Use these gifts and live your life not in fear or unfaithfulness, but in joy, knowing and trusting in the one who loves you, who saves you, and who serves you. Live in such a way that live in such a way that is fitting of your calling as the baptized children of God. Live as Christ's light in this world, letting your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we may not know the day or the hour when our Lord and Master will bodily return in glory, but we know that He will. And when He does, it will be a great and glorious day for the baptized faithful. For we will hear His voice saying to each and every one of us, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.